0: Just a little pop quiz from last week, guys. Does anyone remember what builds the church? Love, love, love. Yes, good <laughs> brother. <laughs> it wasn't that hard, was it? <laughs> you know how it is sometimes when people ask you questions. Is it a trick question? I don't know if I answered this right. Love builds a church. Like we, we looked at last week about love and just that whole point of what we are as Christians is to actually walk in the love of Christ. We looked at how um, we can have a lot of knowledge, we can even have spiritual gifts, and as, as uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians Church, that was very much what it was about. You guys, you got eloquent speakers, you've got great gifts going, but as you look through those passages, you can see a real disruption in terms of what they're meant to be doing as a church and the fact that he says, guys, you're like babies still, you're, you're not doing what God says, you're not obedient to the Word of God, that there's something lacking in what you do. And he talked about that it is love that builds the church. Now, everything else also builds the church. Of course it does. Spiritual gifts that are given to us uh, so that we can build the body up, that we can all walk together. Um, Knowledge is great. We need that knowledge and understanding because that also builds up. But without the foundation of love, everything else, it says, is just like a clanging cymbal or a gong that's hit. And it's like we do all these things, but without love it's not really building the church and just even during the week I was thinking about a couple of things about that um, and we're going to be looking at a passage in First John today about love and and the challenge to us but it's love that builds a church if you don't have that what else have we got and and often as Christians we we talk about love but what is that real love how is it shown I guess the challenge was there for us am I really loving and can I actually love if I'm not in relationship the truth is we cannot, if I'm not in relationship with brothers and sisters of Christ, how can I possibly love them? Because love is an action, isn't it? It's a verb, it's like loving someone is not something that we just pretend to do, but it has to have feet. We can't just say I love someone and then not be engaged with them, not care about their life, not mix with them and... and um. You know, I just sort of was like in my head thinking about people who never ever go to any Christian gathering at all, whatever it might be, that are like, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning so much stuff from the internet, I sit down on a Sunday, I watch TV and there's something available to them in their community. I'm not talking about if you're remote or if there's just a really, really bad church that is just not what God wants, but you sit there, how can you possibly be in love relationship with your community of Christians? It's pretty challenging, isn't it? Because like I said, it's easy to love someone I don't have anything to do with. I'm so tolerant with the people that I never walk with every day. I'm, I'm so kind to everyone who I don't have anything to do with because there's no challenge to my character. I'm not ever challenged in how I live out my life because everything that we do in life is really geared towards the second thing that Jesus said and Mitch was saying this morning, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what does that really mean? We're taking on this love of God and we've got to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, that love of self obviously means how do I care about myself? Not like I think I'm amazing, but um, it's that love that's there. You know, it's like I will care for my body if I'm hungry. What am I going to do? I'm going to feed it. If I'm thirsty, what am I going to do to my body? I'm going to give it some water, if I'm hurting, what am I going to do? I'm going to try and seek out some help, or put some mother's ailment on me that is supposed to work and um, fix me up. I, I've got these things in my mind, or even just the the gentle words of your mom. It's going to be okay when you're a kid, or your dad. Get up and stop sucking. <laughs> but the love that we have is only born out in relationship. There is no other way you can love, is there? Can anyone think of any other way you can love than? practically being with caring for sharing life with other people i would think that i could say i love joanne and all i've got is a photo of her that i carry everywhere and i'm like yeah i just really love joanne you know have you ever met her no but i love her so much my heart's just for her and you know we get on so well she never she never argues back good on you joe My relationship is not tested with a photograph. It's tested with relationship, isn't it? It's the doing with, the working together, the walking together. And the thing is, with God, his love has been displayed to us through Jesus Christ on the cross. It's like while we were still his enemies, I wasn't a friend with God before I was a Christian. No one was. was. We didn't live our lives for him. We didn't love him. We didn't show him the regard, the respect, the honor that that he should have as the creator of the universe who loves us. And yet even when we were in that state of not loving him, he said, Jesus, this was practical action. The only way to reconcile human beings to God was through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. There was no other way. And so he sent Jesus who died for us, who suffered, who was buried and rose again so that we too could have new life. What an amazing display of love. I remember once when I was in Singapore with Joe we, we somehow got some really cheap tickets. Some friends rang us up and um, I think Tiger was doing their first flights when they first opened and there's sixty dollar tickets to Singapore. That's pretty good price we thought. So we we got the tickets, we got on Tiger Air, which was, I gotta say, at that time, maybe it was because their first flights on time, not delayed, and they did actually happen, like they weren't cancelled. Everything went really well. We went to Singapore and there's this one day and and uh, we were meeting down, we were meeting outside our hotel room. So we had different rooms. I was in, in one and they were in the other. And we came out and we're on the veranda outside the rooms. And I was like, Where's Joe? She'd gone. I was like, What's going on? Where is Joe? We were meeting out here. And, and immediately my mind just started to panic. You know what I mean? And I sort of turned to like this James Bond character of, um, or Taken, you know that one, that movie. <laughs> my heart was just like, Boom, boom, where's Joe? We were going down the pool. Maybe she's down there. I raced down, couldn't see her the pool. Raced back up, and my heart, my mind just started racing. Where is she? And I and it's funny because you know you, you don't know until something happens just how much you feel something. It's like all of a sudden I was in this like, wait a minute. There's an open door there. What if one of the workers grabbed her and and walked her into the passage so I bust through and I'm like right I wish someone I can dangle over the edge of the veranda and ask them where my wife is but that was in my head it was just like I would have done anything to get her back because I thought what if something had happened to her anyway it turns out she's sitting by the pool in the end she'd walked down and wandered out somewhere else and sat down near the pool and lounging back meanwhile my heart was just racing And I was thinking about that and I was thinking in terms of God and his love for us. That is how passionate it is, right? Because we don't really think about it until there's that moment where our love is tested. Now, obviously we can just have a a concern or whatever and it's not that overwhelming love for someone. But when it's someone you love, something clicks inside you and you become this different person. You, You don't care what obstacles are in your way. You don't care what's there that can stop you getting to that person or whatever it is, you are going to race through everything. You're going to, you know, those songs, you're going to climb every mountain, swim, whatever, swim every ocean. By the time they find my body, you won't have anyone to love. But it's just like you're giving everything you can to get there. And God's love for us is like that. You know that song we sing? We, we sing it, don't we? You say, like, you know, God, your love is just so amazing and, and you will... What is it? The, the climate... It's probably the mountain things again, move every mountains and valleys and stuff. But ferocious love. Ferocious love. He didn't want us to get away. He didn't want it to be that there's anything that was in the way between us and God he wanted that relationship back and, and that was sent through Jesus Christ who walked this earth as, as the visible image of the invisible God going around showing us what God's heart towards human beings was that he went around healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil that he came and broke the yokes of bondage on people's lives and set captives free that was his whole purpose to heal the broken hearted there's so many things that Jesus did and he's showing this love of God to us And then we come to that love one day, don't we? There's one day in our life when we're sitting there and we're like, I feel empty, I feel lonely, I feel lost, I feel overwhelmed by my guilt, I feel like I'm a dirty person, that I don't deserve anything. And one day the message of the good news of Jesus Christ hit our ears. That You know what, no matter what you've done, Jesus died for you. No matter how bad you've been, Jesus wants to restore you. No matter how badly you have ruined your own life, God wants to make it right again and restore everything back to you so that you can have a loving relationship with him. And so the journey of Christianity begins. But we don't want it to stop there because what can happen is we can start to walk out and understand the love that God has for us. But we do stop short of really knowing him. And this is a key that we need to understand as Christians, as fellow believers, that if we don't know our God, we're not going to love well. We're going to be okay with the first commandment, to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength because God's done something for us. And so we're responding to this amazing love of God but then we're somehow placed into a family by God and the Holy Spirit that's in each one of us is the same Holy Spirit that I have, that you have, the the same Holy Spirit that, that puts God's love in our heart, the same Holy Spirit that strengthens our soul to be obedient to the things of Christ, the same grace that takes away our sin, not only takes it away, but then leads us into the paths of righteousness so that we can walk in glory and honor to the Lord our God. That same Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, but sometimes we know we love God because of that, what He has done for us and that is a, a human, normal thing, is and I will love those who love me because that's what I do. If, I, if someone shows me love, I'm going to show them love, but what about the love of God is that yet in me? Have I, have I changed? Have I really been transformed from the inside yet? Or is there some work to do? And I would say there's some work to do for us guys. But the work is not a labor. The work is a labor to enter into the rest of God. That by faith we seek Him and pursue Him and all of a sudden things begin to change and the love that we have is transferred from a love just for my friends to a love for my enemies, to the people that have hurt me and, 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 and given me uh, uh, problems over the years, the people that have tried my patience, the people that I've been angry with, the people that, that are just nasty to me. All of a sudden when I start to walk in the true love of God, I look upon them and I'm going... I'm loving you as well. And that is now when our heart is beginning to be transformed. So we're going to read through uh, this passage in 1 John chapter 4. It's quite a, a lengthy piece. And really, this, this whole, these books, there's three books that John wrote here. One John, two John, three John, <laughs> strangely enough. Um, and they're so weird as you read them. For me, they're weird because they're so amazingly comforting and is so amazingly challenging at the same time. It's like this release of God into my life, but also this challenge. Am I living for Him on this earth? Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love... Does not know God for God is love. Let's rest there for a minute. God doesn't just give love. God doesn't just show love. This says God is love. There's a difference, isn't there? Because really, a lot of the time as humans being, as human beings, we think love is God. In other words, if I can find love in my life, that's the God, that's what I'm going to pursue, the object of love. You see it all the time, don't you? Why do you think that that there's so much um, emotional, um, relational stress in this world? Because people are looking to be loved and they're, they're trying to find the love in a person. And so they're saying, if only I can be with that person, I will know true love. If only I can maybe gain those things in my life, the material things then I'll feel love. If only I can get my parents' approval, then I will feel really like I've got love and I'm pursuing this love. I'm pursuing love in my life, but there's a difference for us. As we know as Christians, love is not God. God is love. Love is the person that we seek. Love is the person that we worship. Love is the person we adore. And why we need to know that is this, because it says, but anyone who does not love does not know God. It doesn't say anyone who does not love does not know love, although we know God is love. But it's not that they don't know the feeling, they don't know the emotion, they don't know the response, they don't know God. For God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. Let's keep going. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Again, we need to understand that love is revealed through God. This is love. Not that we love God. We didn't love him. But that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. His love is brought to full expression in us. Isn't that amazing? You see, for love to flow in the church, it's not about us trying to whip up some emotion. It's not trying to get some feeling that, that I can now pour out upon someone else or even do things for them. Sacrificing for people is not necessarily love. It can be, but it's not necessarily. Because that love that is mentioned there is a Greek word, agape. Agape. Now, why do we say a Greek word? Because that's what the New Testament was translated from. So we go back to that. And there's other meanings for the word love that that are in the Greek. And even in our language, even though we don't say them specifically, we know there's different words for love. Like, I don't love ice cream the same way I love Joanne. I don't love my friends the same way I love Joanne. I don't even love God the same way I love Joanne. There's a different type of thing, although I do also love Joanne the same way. Agape love. Because we can love someone, like I said, there's different types of love, and I could love you in expectation that you're going to give me something back. And I love you, but I'll only love you as long as I'm getting something back, a reciprocal, give me, give me, give me type of love. But agape love is amazingly different. And it talks about the way that God loves us and we love God and also that we love each other. That is a non-expectation on it. No expectation at all. But the love of God is in my heart. In other words, I am pouring out love regardless of your response, regardless of what you do, I'm going to love you. That's how God worked, wasn't it? Sent his only son into the world that anyone who believes in him should not perish. Here you go, guys. Here's my son. I'm pouring out this love shown through Jesus Christ. You can take it or leave it. But this is my gift to you. Of course he wants everyone in the world to be saved. He doesn't want to see anyone not have salvation. But he knows that people aren't going to choose him every time. And this is the thing that that we have to remember, that it's God loved us. And so the response to that has to be this, that we begin to love each other. Because God loved us that much, we surely should love each other. In other words, as children of God, we are mimicking our Heavenly Father in the way that He loved. Surely. In other words, come on, guys, doesn't this make sense? If God's love, shouldn't that be us? Shouldn't that be the way we live, we act, we react to each other, love and this is it. We love, but if we love each other, God lives in us. His love is brought to full expression in us. In other words, God's love itself, the love from God is expressed how? Through us. Whoa. If we are not loving our brothers and sisters, clearly God's love is not in us. That's what this goes on to say. God has given us His his Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Next slide, please. In God... Sorry, that's the same verse. Might as well read it again. And God has given us His Spirit. Must be important. As proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God let's keep going keep on what that's the wrong verse did i do something wrong is there another one after that i have to read it (laughs) we know how much god loves us and we have put our trust in his love god is love again and all who live in love live in god and god lives in them And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. This shows that we haven't fully experienced his perfect love. Do you know that if you're afraid of God's punishment, you don't fully know his love? That's what that's saying, isn't it? If we're afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And if we're afraid of punishment, what does it mean that's lacking in our life? We haven't fully experienced the love of God yet because we know his heart towards us. We love each other. Why? Because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. That's strong, isn't it? For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God who we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Does that make sense to you? You know, that's what I'm saying. It's so important, guys. You need to judge people by their fruits. You have to judge people by their fruits, even Christians. I remember... I used to say to my girls, and I still believe it today, I've got one that's not married. I don't want you to marry a church guy. I want you to marry a Christian. Because there's a whole lot of fakers that sit in the pews every Sunday that don't really love God. And how do I know this? Because their fruit hasn't shown anything to me that they love God. I want them to marry a church guy well, for Jackson to just marry a church girl, I want him to marry a Christian. Because we can get so fooled by the the uh, the amazing words, the amazing gifts, the amazing whatever that someone has, the charisma and and even the words they say are really right, but their actions bear no fruit. they don't love people. And so that's what this is saying it's saying... Don't tell me that you love God. How many people you know could say, I just love you, God, or, I'm in worship. Maybe even they speak in tongues and they, they, they boast about how I'm speaking in tongues and praying in tongues and then the next minute they're beating on their wife. They don't love God. The love of God's not in them and all those things are nothing because the love of God isn't being evidenced. And it's a challenge for us too in our lives to go, you know what, what is it, God? God. Steve, this morning, he prayed as we were in there, you know, Lord, can you just search my heart? Search our hearts. What's in there? And and it's shown by what comes out of your mouth. It's what comes out of your actions. That shows that the love of God is or isn't fully formed in you. If you're not loving your brothers and sisters, it's not fully formed. And so what we do is we go back to the tree, the, the vine, the root, which is a person which is God. And again, as I said last week, I can know about someone, but not know them. I can know all about God. I could even memorize the Old Testament and New Testament and speak it out loud. It might take me a while to do it and know it and know it off by heart and not love. And Jesus said that of the Pharisees. He says, you're saying all these things, you know, but seriously, your root's down in something else. It's not in God. Was there any more? Or is that it? That's it. Can we put that one up again? Because I like that last little bit. What's that last bit say? Those who love God... if they want to, can also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Ah, There's a must on there, isn't there? You must. Interesting that Jesus made it a commandment. How can you make it a commandment to love? How can you possibly make that a commandment? You must love. Because he understood this, the first commandment, Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Because that is the only way you will ever have the ability to truly love those around you if you love him first. Because love is not something to attain, it's a person to seek. And when you find that person and you fall in love with him, that's when the love of God begins to flow out of your life to everyone around you. Father God, we just want to thank you this morning for every good and every perfect gift you give us. Lord, I know that this challenges me every time I read it. Lord, am I loving well? Am I being Jesus to this world? (laughs) Just as Christ revealed your love, now you've given that task to us to reveal your love to this world around us. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name, that as a people we would know you. Lord God, that we would allow love to build this church, that we would walk in that love, that we would leave behind our old lives, Father God, and that our fruit would declare who you are to those around us.